When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tell me price, tell me sweet little price. Pretty sick of talking about it, to be honest. Tell me price. Ah, yes. Everyone's favourite part of the show. (laughs) My my favourite part of the show. (laughs) Texts are already flooding in. When are you going to do the Tell Me Bryce segment? 0427154166. Keep those texts coming in. Uh, During the week, uh, this was the talk topic. Dusty Martin absolutely snubbing Mitch Cleary. And if you know Mitch Cleary as well, He's a really, really lovely bloke. So and maybe I'm one of them. There's some journos out there that you really, really dislike. <laughs> maybe I'm one of them. That are really not likable. Not Mitch Cleary. He's very, very likable. Um, this was what happened when uh, Mitch stopped Dusty Martin or tried to stop Dusty Martin to ask him a question about the weekend. You confident you'll be able to play this week? <laughs> Donuts. <laughs> I don't even think he broke stride. Dusty Martin just cruised on through. But that is what happens with Dusty. That's part of why he's so unique. If it was another player, maybe there'd be some heavier scrutiny. Um, Kane Corns is pretty solid on that he should have given Mitch Cleary something. But I brought up the whole topic as a whole. Door-stopping players, and everyone's got a different view of it. You're someone who no doubt would have got door-stopped a lot throughout your career. Yeah, I was. Uh, I wasn't the only one at Carlton at the time. But I don't know. It's funny with Dusty. Like, there's some there's some players that just genuinely hate the media and mm. avoid the media at all costs. And one from Carlton that comes to mind straight away was Cade Simpson. He was one that just he was never rude or never you know told anyone where to go. But he would just he would avoid. He'd sneak in. He'd find a door that didn't exist at Carlton to sneak into to avoid door stops and, and things like that. So a situation like that, would he have said something? Probably not. Wow. Yeah. But and, and it's all different. Like that question that Dusty got asked, like that that would that would have been a simple one just to knock on the head and keep going. Just a generic not sure. Yeah, Hopefully we'll it, see it how it we wasn't go. it wasn't a pressing question. But um yeah that there have been times over the journey, you know, when a coach is about to get sacked or you're you know, you, you're you're a, you've got an injury from the weekend, and you just want to go and get a scan, and you're obviously disappointed, and you're frustrated, and you've got you know a couple of journos coming up to you, shoving a microphone in your face, saying what's going on, and you don't even know the results yet, and you can get a bit emotional about it. And so, is that an easy out though? Because I always figured that when, and because that's that is ninety nine percent of what we do in terms of door stopping in South Australia, the Crows and Port Boys, and on top of that as well. All the blokes that we've had to do it to, and I'll say this again, we don't like doing it. Journos, most journos don't like door-stopping athletes because you know that they don't want to speak to you, but it's part of the job. Um, they've been fantastic to deal with. It's always going into a scan or even coming out of the scan. Uh, I'm not sure. Don't have the results. We'll see how we go. Feels okay, though. We, we know what they're going to say. Yeah. I mean, so so why do you door-stop then? Is it because the clubs won't give you five minutes with a player or like... How does it? What, what do you get told to do? How, well, how does it work? The clubs in South Australia are actually quite generous because there's only two clubs and they'll probably have a, at least a minimum of two to three media opportunities versus some of the clubs in Melbourne, because there's so many of them, they'll a lot of them only do one. 
So we are actually quite lucky. It's more so just seeing the athlete and hearing them say words. It doesn't even really matter what the words are. Or are you like trying to get in first to beat your, your competition? Or like, surely that, like, well, that's where that's where it comes at. into. Yeah. That's where it comes into. And then there's, there's situations where, and I'll be open and honest with you, there's situations where, say, for example, Tom Rockcliffe, when he hurt his knee in the sample last year, it was, he's got to deal with Channel 10. So we said, okay, look, we know he's got to deal with Channel 10. And he goes, sometimes he gets scans off in different places where we don't know. So that's fine. Called the bloke from, triple, uh, from Channel 10. He said, look, it was Max Burf. He said, look, yeah, we've got him. So, okay, okay. That's, um, that's annoying, but he's on your books. So that's completely fair enough. And then it popped up on social media that Channel 9 got him going into training. So then I went, oh, gosh, now I've got to go to training and try and get him on the way out. Because Channel 9 have got him. That's the situation sometimes you get yourself into. So you're playing ring a ring a rosy. Pretty, pretty much. much. Okay. Pretty, pretty much. But yeah, as a player, yeah, it, it can be extremely frustrating. And and like I said, everyone's different. Some some players are happy just to give 30 seconds, say, yep, 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 knock it on the head. But usually that's not the case because there is so many media outlets. It might be Channel 7 that get the first one on the way into training. Then you might be leaving training. It might be Channel 9. So you've done that? Well, that's why sometimes it can get extremely frustrating because you feel like, all right, I'll do the right thing. I'll give, I'll give me 30 seconds, give them what they want. But then it's relentless. It's, See, yep. it's the next one and the next one. You don't want to one. be the second time round. No, you want to get you nice and fresh. Wait till it's the fourth or fifth time. That, that's, when, that's when you can start getting a bit narky and getting a bit frustrated and potentially telling some journos, look, mm. in a nice way, leave me alone. Right, okay. Um, do you remember <laughs> two or three years ago? You wouldn't remember this. <laughs> I doorstopped you at the airport. So you, and this, I'm not sure who we were waiting for, but we were looking in the wrong, in a different direction. I think we were waiting for someone to get off a Melbourne flight. And then all of a sudden I've looked around and you're walking in the opposite direction. I've belted the camera and said, turn around. Here comes Bryce Gibbs and give me the, give me the mic. And I didn't know what to say because you just, you weren't supposed to be here, even though you actually live here. You weren't supposed to be here. There wasn't speculation, that much speculation. I think it was the year before you actually came back. Yep. And I've thrown, I threw the mic in your face and said something along the lines of, what are you doing here? <laughs> You've just gone, I'm flying to Melbourne and walked off. Like, oh no, I just completely blew it. There's nothing we can do there. And my boss at the time, I had to call him and he said, oh, what's going down at the airport? And I said, well, actually we just, I just tried, I just stopped Bryce Gibbs. Oh, I got a comment out of Bryce Gibbs. He goes, oh, what did he say? He said he's flying to Melbourne. <laughs> the boss is like, oh, well, I suppose we can use the vision of him walking. So there you go. Yeah. That was the sort of scoop that we were looking for yeah. back then. Any negative situations you've been in? Yeah, I've, I've had a few. And it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on this one. Like, where, where's the line? Where do you draw the line with door stopping? Like, can you cross it? Is it can you go too far as a journo? Absolutely. There is a bit of a line. Okay. I, I, I did have one situation... It was, I think, it was the second time I'd requ requested to come back to to Adelaide from Carlton, and from memory, we were having our like exit interviews at the club, as you do at the end of the year. You have your medicals before you go on holidays, tickle those things off. Um, and I was getting, I think, there was some journo's in and around the club looking for a bit of a bit of a chat. Yep. Um, and I, I can remember ducking out the back door. Again, trying to avoid 
having a chat because... Do they know there's a back door as well? Well, for a long time they didn't, but yeah. then after a while they start working it out. <laughs> have, have one at the front door, one at the back door. Clever so boys. Get you. Uh, and anyway, so I actually lived only about 500 metres behind the footy club in Princess Hill when I yep. was living in Carlton. So it was short walk. Anyway, got back to, got back to my house and about 15 minutes later, I got a knock on the door. Okay, when I answered the door, and it was Tom Brown from Channel 7. Oh. Well, caught, absolutely caught me off guard. Um, As you would. I mean, he, he I'm w- guessing that was you didn't invite Tom around for lunch. Well, no, that, that wasn't the case. Um, and oh, he, or he's really early for dinner. He was, he was very quick to um, express that there's no cameras here. I don't have a camera here. Just, just wondering if we could get just a quick chat. And I... I sort of was a little bit stunned at the start, but then I I saw red pretty quickly. So I was like pretty explicitly said, you need to leave. Um, So yeah, in terms of, that's why I asked, can you cross the line? Because I I, I can't really, well, I wouldn't have thought he would have known where I live to start with. So whether he's followed me home from the club or, or what's happened there, but yeah, he's knocked on my door to try and ask the question, have you asked for a trade or what's what's the situation I, I'm, I'm assuming um but yeah when i told him that that's not acceptable and you need to basically get off my property he was he, he was respectful and, and left straight away and and that was the end of it but uh yeah that was uh that was probably a time i thought yeah maybe maybe that's gone a little bit too far yeah there is i would have thought there's definitely a line um and on somebody's property that's probably stretching it did you did you drive home from training or did you walk home from I training? Would, I would have walked. It was literally 500 metres. So I would have just uh, strolled back looking to get on with my day. And yeah, 15, 20 minutes later, Tom thought he might pop over for a coffee. Jeez, Tom. <laughs> he didn't get a coffee. He didn't get a coffee. <laughs> there you go. I mean, the least that you could have done is said, look, Tom, come in. Come in. Can I get you something to eat? You look hungry. You look hungry. So off the back of that. That was obviously a negative experience. So as a, as a player going into the next situation where I'm doorstopped, I've obviously got negative yep. connotations about getting doorstopped. Mm. So next time I get doorstopped, the last thing I'm going to do is want to give my time if yep. that's happening. And I know all journos are different and I understand that. But as a whole, that's when you might doorstop me at the airport mm. and I've had that experience and that's when I tell you, Andrew... <laughs> Get Nick. So it's it's like a bit you of a flow, that nice. it's a bit of a flow on effect. Yeah, yeah. Say, yep. Completely understand that. Uh, my experiences as well as a whole have been really, really positive. Uh, and again, uh, the guys don't actually have to stop. So when they do stop, and we say, "Look, can we just ask you two questions." They're very, very generous. I, I used the example during the week that Robbie Gray is a good example of someone who doesn't want to do it. He doesn't like doing media. It's not him being above it. He's just it's just not his thing. He doesn't doesn't like doing media and no one has to like doing that sort of stuff. But when we have stopped him, um, then he's been really generous and he's said all the right things and doesn't say anything. that's going to give too much away. And basically everybody wins. Um, there's been situations where I've been so engaged with another, with another journal in terms of conversation, Tom Wren, <laughs> that the person who we were waiting for has literally walked past us in and out of the scan place <laughs> and then sent a text to somebody else that we knew at Channel 7 saying, were those blokes waiting for me? Because <laughs> I just walked straight past them, but they were so deep in conversation. 
So we found that out. This is a good couple of years ago and just kept that quiet because <laughs> we didn't really want that to get back to the boss. Oh, hazy. <laughs> the things you do, though, as a journo. The things you do. Um, 0427154166. Um, it's been raging all week. So pretty comfortable with Dusty Martin. I'm not saying anything because that's what Dusty Martin does. And, and Mitch Cleary explained it beautifully on, on Twitter. He just said, look, your chances are one in a hundred of Dusty saying something. But from their point of view, from a journalist's point of view, we've still got to do it. Yeah, it is a part of your job. And whether you can, I don't know, organise it with the club a bit better, like, I don't know, there's probably no easy way to do it. But I do like this text from Brett, though. I'd love to see some of those Victorian sports journos get doorstopped themselves like when they've just got back home from shopping or something like that. Maybe players should start doing that. Go on and start doorstopping journos and asking about their day and what's going on in their lives and how their performances are on the weekend. I hit them up with some silly questions. <laughs> Where are you thinking? How's the leg? Oh, I don't really know. I did like as well. We did um, Scotty Lice at one time going into training because you think he'd just come back. Well, he might have. It was the week where he was going to get suspended for the sling tackle on Demick Henry. And he said there was two of us there. And he said, Straight away, the first question is, oh, do you mind if we ask you a question? And most folks say, yep, no worries. And Scotty's obviously, he's a character. And said, can we just ask you a question? He goes, yep, yep, no worries. Ask him a question. And then someone else asks another question. He goes, ah, you said one. <laughs> so this is where you, well done. This is well where you push it. This is where well you push it. Yeah, so that's one question thing. you ask him to, just okay. don't, don't push it. So that's the other thing. If we say, if I try and stop someone and say, can I ask you, I'll ask you two questions. Never ask three. It is just two just questions. Two. So if I ask two questions and get nothing from it, then that's too bad. So there you go. It's a fine line. <laughs> it it's is. a fine line. And on top of that as well, we know where some of the players live. I mean, Carl Lamon lives just down the road from me. I know exactly where he is. I'm not going to turn up at his door and ask him what's going on next year. <laughs> yeah. I, from my advice, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I certainly <laughs> won't be doing do that. that.